Hi, my name is Michaela Lopez. We would like to acknowledge that this show is being recorded on the unceded, occupied, ancestral, and traditional lands of the Musqueam people. In this episode, we had a conversation with the teams behind the films It's a Boy and Plain Jane. First up, you'll hear from the writer-director of It's a Boy. I am Kate, Kate Dow. Um, I'm the writer and director of It's a Boy. Oh, okay, cool. So, kind of like a double... Yeah. Two sides of the same coin kind of thing going on. Kind of. They fit hand in hand, I think. And so, who are the people that you have... um, Who are you working with as well? I'm working with Jenny Lee Gilmore. Mm -hmm. She's my producer. Uh, Jamie Lamb is my DP, so director of photography, cinematographer, person who holds the camera, makes it look pretty. Nice. And I also have my production designer slash editor, who's my friend Olivia Sorley. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, what does Olivia do? So she was, on the day, she did production design, so mm-hmm. just, like, executing our visions that we prepared together, and then now she's doing all of the picture cutting and putting ah, everything together okay. for me. Yeah. All the nitty-gritty stuff. Yes, all the technical stuff that make me want to scream at computers. <laughs> <laughs> so before we talk about the nitty-gritty stuff, I mm-hmm. kind of don't know what your film is about. Uh, could you just give us maybe a summary of what It's a Boy is like? Yeah, It's a Boy is a short film about a little boy who thinks he's pregnant. Um, he gets kissed on the lips at recess and then kind of dives into this like magical world he's created. So it's more, hmm... Is it reminiscent of any other... Like, what were your inspirations for this film? Because I think this is... uh, These films that kind of delve into the topic of gender and sex are still relatively new. So I'm wondering what kind of inspirations did you find? Um, Honestly, I didn't... Well, there's this little short film. It's a documentary about a little boy named Jack. Mm -hmm. And Jack is really feminine. Jack loves to dance and, like, paint his nails and do all that stuff. And he's just such a cool kid who, like, doesn't care about being male or female he's Mm. just doing what he loves and wearing what he likes and I just thought that character was so like inspiring and interesting and I took from that and I was like I want to make a film about this character and I think just like hanging out with kids you start to realize like all of the crazy things they think about and where their mind goes like for example my sister just told me that literally the other day my nephew who is four was like hey mommy um, can I have, like, a hundred babies in my belly at once? <laughs> and she was like, uh, no. If you're, like, a mouse, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but what if I do? And she's like, well, like, that's not going to happen. Like, but what if it does? And I think it's just, like, that question, like, well, that's where kids are at. They're like, but why? Mm-hmm. But what? Like, there's no limitation as yeah. to, like, there's no boxes. Although it would be pretty scary to have a hundred babies. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that one's a box of, like, Eight at the max, maybe. Yeah, like the realm of impossibility. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, what other visual references did you pull from? Just because yeah. I can imagine the kind of thematic uh, substance of this film from that documentary, Jack, that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But what are the visuals like? Well, the visuals are super colorful. I really wanted to keep it within Ellie, which is my main character, mm-hmm. um, within his world. Um it's very colorful. We tried to stick with like a basic color scheme and assign colors to each character to mm-hmm. represent their personalities. Uh, we also kept it kind of 70s, 80s era. Not so much to make it a period piece, but mostly just to keep it timeless mm-hmm. for so that anyone can think, hey, I was a kid once. I thought like that once. Like just to make it relatable mm-hmm. and kind of 
Yeah. So it kind of pulls from like this kind of nostalgic air almost? Or? Yeah. Okay. Keeping fair. it nostalgic, but also like ambiguous. So anyone can relate to it really. Ah, okay. And mm-hmm. is, you said your character was Ellie? Yes. Ellie is a kid born in the modern day or are we, are we, are we kind of left ambiguously? Like, yeah. It, okay. I would say it takes place in the early 80s. Ah, okay. Yeah. So why did you choose the 80s in particular? I just think the 80s are, well, 70s, 80s. Like, <laughs> I think they're cool. I like wearing overalls. Like, mm-hmm. I just You are wearing overalls right wearing now, overalls. viewers. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my favorite era of fashion. And I was like, why wouldn't I take my favorite era and put it in my movie? Like, it seems dumb not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this, so did you find that this idea was kind of experimental or out there or of any kind? or? Yeah. It actually, well, it started as... In first year, it was a short script assignment for Mm -hmm. Creative Writing 206, if anyone's taken that class. Um, It was just supposed to be three minutes silent film. And I was like, what can I express visually? And the thought of a kid, like, just holding his belly and being like, what the heck is in there? Is what stood out to me. So I just rolled with that. And then Mm -hmm. when pitch season came up, I was like, I still really want to make this movie. Like, I've written so many scripts since then, but this is one that I just really want to make. So mm, I, A script that really stood out. Yeah, so I took it back to the drawing board, reworked it, and made it what it is now. Hmm. So how did you pitch this to the people who are working <laughs> with you right now? Um, yeah, so we did video pitches amongst our class. We have classes of about 20. Um, and I pitched it as being yourself. Like, a film about a kid who really just wants to be himself Mm -hmm. and do whatever he wants and not be limited by society or those boxes. Mm -hmm. So would it be kind of a coming-of-age film? Or I hate putting a box on it because it's (laughs) all the film that's regarding gender studies and Mm -hmm. just kind of this idea of intersex as well. You can't really define them, or if you do, you're kind of reducing it. But I guess... If you could put your film in a genre or into this kind of, I guess, a box, what box would it be? (laughs) Um, It's definitely comedic. There will be some giggles. Okay. Um, But yeah, I'd say coming of age. Yeah. Cool. Um, So what did your teammates think of it? Um, Let's see. Well, Jen, it's confusing. They both have J names. Oh, Um, don't even worry. (laughs) Jenny came to me first because we both had similar concepts. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in, not that she had a little boy that was pregnant, but just in children not really being affected by the world yet, just Mm -hmm. kind of being fresh and having that unique perspective. And she really wanted to explore the gender aspects as well. So as soon as my film got picked, she reached out to me immediately, and she's the most organized person I know. So I was like, obviously, yes, you can be on my team. (laughs) Like, you have the same vision as me, and you can help me make it work. So totally, yeah. And then Jamie, um, she just worked perfectly for it. Like She wanted to play with natural light, and she just loved the visuals of the film and the ideas I had created in the script, and she just thought it would be a simple, short film that she could make super cute. And I was like, good, do it, dude. Like Make it super cute. That sounds so good. That yeah. sounds so cool. It was, it, was it easy to relatively find a team? Honestly, it just like came together so well and so naturally that it just worked out. And then Olivia is a fourth year, so she's working on her own film. Mm-hmm. This isn't her main project, but um, she. I asked her to be my production designer because I just wanted someone who I'm close with and who I trust because I know that art is where I take over mm-hmm. and where I become a crazy person because I just care so much about just 
the nitty gritty visuals of everything, like mm-hmm. all the little details. Um, so I brought her on as production designer, and throughout the process, she was like, "Look, I'm in love with what's going on. Can I please be the editor? Because that's her passion." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Of course." as long as the program allows it. (laughs) And then I ended up with, like, this incredible dream team of ladies who have just, like, made this process so awesome. A dream team for your dream script, like... Yeah, so many dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like it was relatively easy for you to find your team, but, like, I mean, have you focused on... Or have you come into any obstacles, or what was the hardest part about this Um, production? I wouldn't say it comes from the team at all. My team has been amazing and so helpful and just there from the beginning that, like, that wouldn't be an obstacle Kate's team's not here, so she's just kind of name-dropping them and making sure they're not mad. (laughs) I'm just telling them I love them through the internets. Um, What was I going to say? Hardest parts. The things that were tricky. Well, it... Filmmaking kind of breaks down into, like, three parts. So there's pre-production, planning, production, shooting... And then post-production, so editing. Mm -hmm. And I'd say there are challenges with, like, each of those parts. Like, for pre-production, it was the stress of the planning quickly. We only had a month to get everything back all together to, like, find a kid, to cast, to script, to, like, finish it all, get all the artwork, get all the team assembled. Like, all of that was done so quickly. Mm -hmm. And just that process just kind of, like, flew by. And I'd say I wish I had more time just to think about more things before diving into it. And more things like the script, like the visuals, the casting. Yeah, just like making sure everything was fully developed before uh, going okay. into the shooting days. And for the most part, it was. We were pretty well prepared, but there are always hiccups. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that going in. I yeah, it's full production, it. of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like five days in total of shooting, just with like pickups and drop-offs. Mm-hmm. So like three main shooting days. And the second day was the hardest. It was supposed to be the easiest. We were at my house. It's always like that. Yeah. It's always <laughs> like that, no matter what field you're in. <laughs> we were at my house all day in the bathroom. I stuffed the cameraman, like, in the toilet. And, <laughs> like, it was just so stressful having so many people in tough quarters and, like, trying to make sure we were done on time, but everything looked good, but the kids were happy, but the crew was happy, mm-hmm. and that I was happy. Like, it was just so hard to try and balance all those things because... Making movies, time is money. Mm-hmm. I think you're one of the few films in the POV series um, that uses a child actor. I know we've interviewed one. Oh, this might date the interview. Might <laughs> you might have to cut this. Um, but uh, there's also another film that's using a child actor. So what were your, what were you looking for in your child actor, and how was working with a child actor? Because I feel like that's a very unique experience, especially for an undergraduate project. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it never really terrified me. Everyone was kind of like, oh, kids are hard to work with. And I was like, I don't know, guys. Are you good with kids? I'm good with kids. Okay. I like kids. And I think that that's why I wrote this script, because kids are so authentic and real. And at this age, it's not even just the point where they're acting. Mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes. This is a radio show. Nobody can see them. Um, (laughs) But they're not even acting. They're just being. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking for a kid who was just being himself and just, like, comfortable going out there and doing his thing. And we met River. First I saw his picture, and he had the cutest long hair. And I was like, oh, my God, he's the one. And then Jenny was like, his name's River. And I was like, oh, my God, he's definitely the one. (laughs) And we found out his parents were actors, and he had never done this before. Oh, pedigree, wow. Yeah. 
And he came in and he was so shy, but he delivered the lines so well. I gave him some notes on the spot and gave him a new line and he just went with it. And I'm like, you're eight. How are you doing this? (laughs) Like crazy. Um, And my team still wasn't convinced. Mm -hmm. They were like, I don't know, kid. Like he's a little shy. And I was like, yeah, but he just met us. Like we're three scary 20 year old girls Mm -hmm. who were like staring at him in this tiny room. And he's eight. Like let's just call him back and see him again and see what happens. And he was perfect. And I, like, the film wouldn't be what it is without River. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy we found him. Uh, did you consider what River's stance is on gender and sexuality and stuff like that? Or is it just more him as an actor was just so perfect and fitting for the image that you had? Yeah. I don't think the film, like, outright talks about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the kind of person that outright goes and lays my opinion in the ground. Yeah. But I did want to, like, lace it with everything that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really thought I needed to consider, like, okay. his point of view on that. And, he, like, he kind of seems like the kid... I'm making assumptions here, because River's not here either. Yeah. But <laughs> he kind of seems like the kid that doesn't really have an opinion on those things yet. Mm-hmm. And, like, I asked him about his hair, and he was like, I'm not cutting it. And his parents <laughs> were like... He went for an audition for, like, a real commercial and almost got it, but refused to cut his hair. And uh-huh. I was like, this kid is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and like his parents are just so awesome and they've been so supportive all the way through. And I think their view on life is just very laid back and down to earth. And I think that reflects in him Mm -hmm. and that's all about what I'm about. So it worked out really well. Man. Okay. It sounds like you're working with a whole bunch of cool people here on this project. I am. So many cool humans. Maybe you're really talking them up or they're genuinely cool. (laughs) They're genuinely cool. I swear. So I guess just more to elaborate about the obstacles that you faced. Mm -hmm. I mean, what did you learn from it? I, is this your first kind of big yeah. project? This is the first, like, big thing that I've had, like, other people putting time and effort into. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll ask people to, like, come out for an hour or two and shoot something while I run around them crazy with my camera. But this is, like, the first time that people have, like, put in hours and hours into something I thought of in my head. And it's been insane. And I think the big takeaway is that it's so hard to make a film that you see in your brain and then put it on a script and then get it on that screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never going to be exactly what you thought it's going to be. And sometimes that hurts a little, and sometimes it's hard to move away from. But in other ways, it's amazing. Like, the character wasn't what it was until we cast River. Like, the visuals weren't what they were until they were there on the day, until we went through, like, 50 value villages and found the perfect tennis racket. Like... Oh, there's a tennis racket in the film. Okay. Oh, it's on the wall. It's not a key player. Oh, okay. You know, it's there. It's the little things. Um, but then there are, like, the happy accidents that just work out, and you're like, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't even think of that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I actually just got music back from my composers the other day, and I was like, whoa, you guys, like, made music based on a thing that I thought of in my brain, and then... Ah, it's real. So it's just been crazy and exciting and, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, the way that you're talking up, it's like, like everything is coming together into this one perfect culmination. It it's sounds a- perfect. <laughs> I, I, it's not, but... <laughs> oh, we're only human, so yeah. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, without giving spoilers, what would be your favorite part in of- making this film or what of, of the film? Okay. My favorite part. Hmm. I think it was just really being able to 
express my ideas and really follow them through. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time I'll have, like, these weird, crazy ideas that I tell people and they kind of look at me sideways and I'm like, no, but wait, you just have to, like, see it. Because mm-hmm. I kind of ramble and I'm kind of all over the place. But, like, to actually have... Sure, I have my core team and my core support and my crew and my cast, but, like, just so many people support me through this has been so amazing and just, like, seeing this movie come to life is crazy. And it's hard, and like my mom said after the first three days, she's like, you're acting like you had a baby. And I'm like, I did, and it's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Incorporate that word title in. Um, So it was super hard, but I think it's worth it. Definitely. I mean, for again, this is like your first big project, so what do you expect people to take away from this film? I think I've touched on it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I just really want people to start thinking like a kid again. Like, never stop questioning things. Look at the little things in the world. Like, every little thing is kind of cool if you Mm -hmm. look at it for long enough. Like, just learn to appreciate more of, like, what is out there. And rather than getting sucked up with, like, work and school assignments and, like, stress and money and all of that bullshit, like, just, you know, thinking about the little things and, like, taking walks and, like, being happy. Mm -hmm. I think all of that's super important. So in the film It's a Boy, is it kind of like a relaxing saunder into the, like, down a grass path? From the way it's described, I'm seeing, like, a lot of hazy like pastels and yellows <laughs> and and like maybe a wheat field somewhere <laughs> no wheat fields okay um just because of vancouver but oh yeah okay <laughs> um yeah it's kind of like that um i wouldn't say so dreamy mm-hmm. just because like this world is real to him mm-hmm. like so we are in his real world but it's just everything is amplified everything is saturated like it's a colorful place where good things happen mm-hmm. and yeah, just like a world you can trust. Are there people in the film, or I guess characters in the film, that conflict with what Ellie is trying to do or what Ellie wants? Um, so all of the characters other than Ellie in this film are actually also badass ladies. Ah, okay. Yes, which is a cool thing. Okay. <laughs> um, so we have his pregnant teacher, who is actually me. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> ah, it's just a cameo. You're the <laughs> writer, director, cameo. Um, I'm, like, super pregnant, and I stand by the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Um, not really as anything other than an extra, but just to, like, implant that idea of pregnancy in his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, the characters are there to send him on this journey more mm-hmm. though than to stop it. Um, they're there to, like, support him and... There's a few, like, there's a little girl who comes up to him and she's like, you're not doing the assignment right. <laughs> but for the most part, they're there to, like, help guide him and make him better mm-hmm. while still being himself. Okay. We'll go with that. Awesome. <laughs> so that was Cade Dow, the writer and director of It's a Boy. And again, It's a Boy is one of the films that you can see during the POV series. Where can people find more information on It's a Boy and the POV series? And you, of course. And me. Uh, you can find me on Made by Cade, M-A-D-E-B-Y-C-A-I-D.com. Oh, nice. uh, slash It's a Boy, if you want to know more about the film, or just about me and my team. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go to Facebook and type in at It's a Boy Short Film, and we'll keep you updated there. 
thank you so much for your time and thank you for telling us about It's a Boy. I'm sorry we couldn't meet the rest of your teammates, but I think you've done a very good job representing them yes, as well. Yes, they're amazing goddesses. And <laughs> thank you for having me. You two have been amazing. <laughs> And next up, we'll be hearing from the team behind Plain Jane. Uh, hi, my name is Dita Sue. I am the director. Hi, I'm Bruno. I'm the cinematographer. Hello, I'm Eloan, and I'm the producer. And uh, together we are the team that made Plain, Plain Jane. Jane. Oh, fantastic. Very cohesive. I like it. Um, so, uh, Plain Jane. I don't really know too much about the film. haven't seen any summary of it. Do you guys think you can give me a really brief summary without giving spoilers? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say that Plain Jane is a comedy about a 15-year-old amnesiac who finds herself uh, in a predicament uh, once she meets her new roommate in the hospital, Susie, a 50-year-old amnesiac herself. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a teen. It's it's not... There's this one movie that I'm remembering that's like a teen and elder person relationship but more like a love relationship oh no this is this is no (laughs) this is not a romantic story but it's Uh, more of a comedy about i don't know the difference in ages and how we can connect over that okay yeah and so what inspired you to write this film i think originally when i was writing it uh it was set out as a comedy between um just like two girls who both happened to be at the hospital and it evolved over time to being something where a lot of the time when we're in that young age, around like 15, 16, 17, we're trying to find ourselves. Um, and I thought, what would happen if we had a character who had all of that taken away from her, like because of amnesia? Um, I was inspired by, I was taking a cognitive science class mm-hmm. um, with uh, brain and dysfunction and essentially learned about these two different times of amnesia. Do d- two different types of amnesia, which is retrograde and uh, interrograde. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be cool to kind of split those up and have two characters combined to become one. One full case of one, amnesia. One <laughs> full case of amnesia. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, uh, well, if we want to go into the specifics, we can, but um, I guess retrograde is where you remember um, only things from your past, mm-hmm. and then interrograde is where you can only remember, you can only make new memories. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's an interesting script to begin with, and I think I'd be interested in working it, but why were you guys so intrigued by it and joined on your team? Um, well, I loved the script. I thought it was really funny. I went. I, I saw, like, the evolution of the whole script, um, all the drafts, and um, I thought it was a really good opportunity to experiment um, with visual ideas, with all the concept of anterograde uh, amnesia and... Um, yeah, I thought it was a it was a great opportunity to to experiment visually. That's why. Okay, and you, Ellen? Yeah, I was also drawn by um, the comedic aspect of the film, um, but also the challenge of it. Um, how were we going to show those amnesia, and how how to be able to um, yeah use the subject, but um, really connect with the characters? And so I was really interested in in helping this project come to life. Fantastic. I would imagine how interesting it could be to depict amnesia. The only one that's coming to mind is Memento. And um, I don't really think I know any other ones that use amnesia as kind of like the main kind of rotating point for their story. Um, So, I mean, you guys talk a lot about how you want to represent this amnesia in this comedic story. So what kind of um, visual inspirations did you guys pull from? 
Um, well, I think, yeah, Memento was something that we had first saw. And then I think Bruno and I were trying to look into films that have very, like, wide color range and see if we could take um, moments of color and then change them to make them seem more um, artificial. That's kind of what we started to work with. And then we thought about yeah. transitions. Yeah, that was a big one. like, um, in the end, we went with um, transitions. We, uh, we were trying to show how... Um, uh, an amnesiac um, would blend events in space. So to do that, we thought about how we could do that in film, and like what we came up with was transitions and how we could blend one scene with the other. Yeah. Yeah. So like working with kind of creative transitions, where you know how usually in films there's a montage of going from one place to another, mm-hmm. um, whereas in this film uh, it's almost like all these spaces are one in the same. Um, like these transitions not only like fade into one another, but like there's really yeah. no time in between the places that they are. Um, yeah, and we we just tried to blend like where she was in one space and the other one, <laughs> and I don't know. It was uh, it was it, yeah. We were experimenting. I can see. So I see that there's like. Is there ever a section where it's it, so it's not exactly like a linear story? Like this scene happens in the past, and this one follows, and this one follows, and this one follows. But is it kind of more like? You can't really tell what the past and the future or the following events are, or yeah, I think we're kind of experimenting with that during the editing process. Ah, okay. um, when we had written it, it was just a very linear story, um, but throughout right now, we're just kind of working on <laughs> mixing it up. Really, just which experience. makes it really interesting <laughs> yeah, as well because yeah. it's it's a story about memories and 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 time really, and so it's being in this film, you really enjoy watching it, but you don't need to focus too much on. Is it happening first, later? How many minutes or hours does it happen next? Uh, it's just really, really interesting that way. Yeah, we just blend it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's mishmash. <laughs> well, I mean, did you find that idea from other works of film as well, or is me- Memento kind of like the main kind of... I, I don't even want to say that, because like, I feel like that's such a different pull away from the vibe that I'm getting from mm. your story. Yeah, I, I'd say, like, when we were first looking into kind of these films, um, we'd just glance over Memento, but it doesn't really have a big effect on no. the film. And uh, I remember when we were coming up with how to, how to film this, we kept thinking, um, we kept trying to be as original as possible. Yeah, we, 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 just, we just were trying to see how could we challenge ourselves to make this as different and as interesting and, you know, try it out, you know. Tr- yeah, comedic, having, To not like be afraid, character. afraid to fail, and, like, yeah, we, we yeah, we were just, we, we saw inspiration from, like, a bunch of different films, from, like, um, colored tones, from, um, we saw, we saw inspiration from some films from those. Oh, do you want yeah. to talk about the bed? Oh, yeah, and we also, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we also, um, I found this post, um, in the um, in the American Society of Cinematographers Instagram page, where they were explaining how, oh, actually it was a British, the British Society of Cinematographers, and how they were how they did a scene where somebody fell <laughs> from the from the ceiling. Um, no, remember like how they transitioned from one scene to another mm-hmm. by having a person standing and then making them fall into a bed in one single take. Oh, so we okay. tried to do that. Essentially, how you would do it was we would prop up the bed onto the wall, and then dolly. Don't don't say no secrets. No secrets. Never mind. Put that out. Put that out. Yeah, you gotta come see it if you want. <laughs> well, we don't know. To <laughs> come to POV if you want to watch the scene. <laughs> watch the trailer. <laughs> and you can ask us on a Q and A. Yeah, yeah. No. Definitely during the process, we like. Um, 
the visual inspiration came from just a lot of like color and but anything regarding like the framing and stuff was all things that we kind of came up with it yeah um, in terms of specific films I would have to like open my I don't remember <laughs> the name of that specific film but like if you really want to know <laughs> we'll probably put it in the description of this podcast awesome. if like if yeah. you want to tell us yeah um, <laughs> and you guys mentioned color so much already so I'm just wondering what is the kind of direction with the color is it kind of like this kind of dreamy earthy palette or is it like what's happening here it's uh, primaries <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely um, it's a pop of color like it what is. do you think it totally is it's a, yeah it's interesting because I think um from my point of view, it was really seeing how you guys decided which color matched when, or like what position. Um, when when Jane is in this specific time frame, or like um, thinking those specific specific things, you have like those colors that come up, and then yeah. they kind of change, and so it really gives you like this emotional range of different colors, and mm-hmm. you can really connect with her because of the colors, because this. I think, well, um, when we have her in the hospital, it was quite like we wanted to keep it a bit dreary as if kind of life was sucked out of it. It was just very, it was very plain. Like Mm -hmm. that was what it was. And then she has moments where she's kind of in the outside world and that there's so much color there. Yeah, there's so much color. Yeah, like the sky, the, um, like the convenience store that we're at. And it's just the costumes, the costumes, Mm -hmm. it feels good. And she always has this kind of yellow cap on. Um, just to yeah. kind of sense that, like, it's close to her head, too, that she's just constantly thinking, and this is, like, something that's bright and it's always active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sounds like a super ambitious project already. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it was. Okay, so, so, I mean, what was, was. <laughs> what was the hardest thing about this project, then? Because, like, it sounds humongous. <laughs> um, I think the hardest part for the project was shooting it in two days. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we shot in two days in two locations. Why would you do that to yourself? Exactly. That's what we're asking ourselves. Um, <laughs> we did it, though, and the crew was amazing, and um, the cast as well. Like, they helped us really while well, making that film. Um, if there was one thing that I could do again, it's probably doing it in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because we also had a night scene sure. that we had to shoot. So that was uh, that was quite a challenge, but... Uh, I think we we did a good job with what we had and totally yeah. I agree I think we did the best we could with what we had and also I don't I don't feel I feel like having this pressure of time helps us make helped us make really critical decisions on set and not you know yeah. very critical <laughs> it's important when you're making a big project like this especially on like with limits that you have as I think this is your first project as undergrads. Yeah. 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 Of this, of this uh, scale. Set, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I, oh, yeah. Sorry. Ahead. I just mean, like, I think uh, when we first started, we were just like, you know, we have this opportunity to make this film. We have this opportunity to experiment with things that we can do and can't do. And mm-hmm. we have an opportunity to push ourselves. And even though it was stressful or hard, and at the end of the day, you're just so worn down, um, I think we'll, all three of us are coming out of this with just such a good idea of like where we can be at um, in our future projects mm-hmm. and anything next that we work on. Totally. You learn so much. Yeah. You learn so much. Mm-hmm. So from this film, Plain Jane, what do you guys want people to take away from watching it? Um, for the meaning of the film, I think I'd like to people to take away the fact that like there can never be any generational gap between two people. Um, you can always find ways to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not be in the same circumstances, or you may be in the same circumstances, but there's always going to be something that connects you, and if you're willing to open up, that'll always help you out. 
Yeah, I feel like people will feel good after this film. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like... Friendship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who doesn't like colors and friendship? <laughs> That's always good. It's always nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where can people find you guys on social media, on Facebook, on the Instagrams, the Twitters and such? Well, <laughs> anyone? We, we have a Facebook page. Um, so, it's Plainsgen on Facebook. Um, we don't have an Instagram. We don't have an Instagram, mainly because we focus all of our efforts onto one platform. Got Sometimes it. I find that if it's spread too thin, I'm just checking a lot of quite an empty uh, posts and whatnot. So our Facebook is full of um, just a bunch of things. Of BTS from, from the from the set, from mm-hmm. us getting equipment. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get it a little. Yeah, little clips of Ellen driving. Yeah, the big truck. (laughs) Yeah, and whatnot. But yeah, you can definitely check us out on uh, Plain Jane on Facebook. Okay, (laughs) fantastic. And thank you guys so much for coming here today and talking to us about Plain Jane. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to our POV series. Thank you to all of the filmmakers who are part of our series and to our listeners. Don't forget to support these films by watching them at the POV Festival and to catch more episodes of the UFSA podcast.